first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Avon from Iowa, and today we'll be talking about Louis on Beale, Veal Monsters, Ice Age Buck Wild, Bite Me, and the sky is everywhere. First, we'll be reviewing Blues on Beale with Zoe. So this movie is a uh, documentary. What was the documentary about or focusing on? Well, it's basically about the International Blues Competition because this was its 36th edition and was one of the last events that took place before the whole lockdown in January of 2020. So basically over 200 acts, either bands, solos, or duos perform um, at the iconic Vail Street in Memphis for a challenge. Um, only 16 acts make it to the final and five are winners. So the documentary basically covers the competition and intertwines performances with the live interviews with the musician and judges. And I thought it was really interesting. It had like photos and uh, videos from like B.B. King and Elvis Presley, these like major legends. Um, and some story about those like blues pioneers contrast with more contemporary artists like Bobby Rush and Shaken McCopeland. So I thought it was really educational, but like fun to watch as well. That sounds super cool. Yeah. So how did this documentary connect the audience to this story? Well, I'm really impressed by the talent and different ethnicities from the performers, like from Croatia and Australia, considering the blues came from like African-Americans in the 20th century. So I think that you learn how blues connects people with the human condition and how it transcends boundaries. And I guess the word blue is more like a sad with the connotation, but the music is really uplifting and meaningful. So it connects the audience by telling a story whether it's about like slavery or oppression or just so many stories that can go like when they're presenting the music to the audience. That's cool. I may need to watch this documentary. Yeah, for sure. And like, I wasn't even that familiar with blues, but after watching it, honestly, like if it's not your favorite style of music or you don't know much about it, it everything is like really nicely narrated and it's really easy to follow. And if you like blues, it's perfect. I mean, I thought this work super exceptional. Yeah. So this documentary has a lot of music in it. Were there any parts or like songs that you specifically enjoyed? I'm not too familiar with blues in general. So, I mean, I couldn't necessarily like recognize any songs that were like being played, but music is like shined throughout the whole documentary and there's always songs playing. So, I mean, despite the fact that I didn't really, no, I could definitely connect with it, like I said. Um, and I think the other viewers would too, I really like music, so this this is just a really good topic for a documentary, I think. Yeah, me too. Were there any uh, parts of the movie that went above and beyond expectations? I think the whole work, I didn't really know what to expect, honestly, like while watching it or like before watching it. Um, and I think everything was really... Um, I thought it was exceptional, as I said. I mean, I loved the way everything was like. I think my favorite part 
was perhaps like the way all the information was displayed for the audience. The only thing that like kind of, um, I don't know, that I didn't like as much was the narration. It felt reductant. And at a lot of times I wanted like a deeper insight because everything is really in um, Memphis, which is like the perfect location. And it feels a bit abandoned. But besides that, everything was, you know, I think it was amazing. Super cool. What would you give this film for a star rating, an age recommendation, and where can we watch it? I think I'd give Luzon Bill a four out of five stars, and I'd recommend it for kids um, ages 10 to 18, of course, adults as well. And you can enjoy Luzon Bill February 10th when it opens on video on demand. So you can already watch it if you haven't yet. Oh, that's, that's super cool. Uh, thank you for talking with me. Thank you. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about. Blues on Beal, Real Monsters, Ice Age, Buck Wild, Fight Me, and The Sky is Everywhere. And right now, we're switching over to review Real Monsters with Aiden and Kyla. So Aiden, this is an adventure style movie. Can you give us like a short summary of just the general plot of the film? Uh, the plot is basically about four kids who want to be directors and writers. Or not writers, but just directors. Like basically, a du- there's like a directing class. So basically, there's uh the kid I think his name is Corey, I believe. He finds like a tape of one of uh the films his dad made, and showed it to um. He basically showed it to his friend, his friends. After that, they basically decide to go in the woods to check it out. Sounds like a super cool plot. Yeah, it really is. So, Kyla, given that this involves a legend, were there any special or visual effects worth sharing? Yeah, there were definitely a lot of visual effects. Um, I can't, like, name them off the top of my head, but I do remember being kind of surprised at how good the special effects were. Um, It dealt a lot with, like, cameras, so they had to get a lot of old-fashioned props and um, film and stuff like that. And it was actually really cool to see that kind of stuff because like, I'm not really familiar with that kind of old fashioned stuff that maybe was around when this took place. So that was like a really cool experience. Sounds super realistic. Yeah, it definitely was. Aiden, this is, uh, how do you believe the uh, main characters developed as the story progressed? Uh, good question. I think, like, they kind of developed because um, when they were going in the woods, I feel like they kind of developed because it, I think, kind of made them better with, like, maybe directing and kind of made them better as just friends because they got closer together while going on this journey. And, yeah. Definitely a good sort of development through the story. Yeah. Kyla, do you have a favorite scene or part that you can name that you would like to share? Um, I definitely had a few scenes that were like standout, uh, especially good to me. Um, I'm generally just a big fan of like action packed stuff. So a lot of the action scenes that were like just super like adventurous and like just action packed to the rim. I really liked that. Um, That was like really fun and like 
yeah, just exciting. Um, but in terms of like a favorite character, I really liked Millie. She was played by Grace Hines. And I think even though she wasn't like the main or primary protagonist, she definitely like developed a lot. And you could really see Grace Hines acting like portray and like how she changes throughout the story. So that was probably my favorite character. That's cool. I really like action as well. So this definitely sounds like a movie that I maybe want to get to watch at some point. Yeah, and it's also great for if you like um, stuff about Bigfoot because it does involve like those kind of legends. So, Aiden, what do you believe is the message of this film? I think the message is to, uh, like, maybe just to be yourself because all these kids want to be directors. So I think it's just, you know, just to be yourself. That's definitely a good message. Yeah, I, I'd like to think so. And Kyla, what would you give this for starring an age recommendation and where can we watch it? I would give Real Monsters three out of five stars and I think I would recommend it for ages 11 to 15. And like I said, it's especially great for people who are interested in Bigfoot legends as well as like interested in the process of like movie creating. And it's available on February 15th, 2022. Let's take a break. I'm Avalon from Iowa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by University of Hawaii's Kids First Film Festival. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Avalon from Iowa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Blues on Beale, Real Monsters, Ice Age Buck Wild, Bite Me, and The Skies Everywhere. Next, we'll be reviewing Ice Age Buck Wild with Kelly. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. So uh, would you give a just brief summary of the plot of the film? Well, it's about um, Crash and Eddie, the two possum brothers. They feel that like Ellie is taking control of their life and they really want adventure and do more crazy stuff on their own. So they go and leave their like pack and they find themselves in the lost world where they find Buck Wild. This film seems to feature Buck Wild and the possums as opposed to the mammoths as main characters. 
How do you feel about um, them being portrayed as uh, bigger characters? Um, I think they were good as like more of a, the main character this time, but um, you do miss like the normal like Manny and them and like Sid. You do miss them in the movie, but they do make small appearance, appearances there here and there. So I've actually had the chance of seeing this movie as well, and I do think that's very true. So do you have a favorite scene or character? Um, I think my favorite scene is when Ellie is recapping, like, her relationship, like, how her relationship started with Eddie and Crash. I think it's very cute and, like, nice. I thought so, too. When you get to see all of them as, like, these little tiny babies, but then... Ellie's still way bigger than the rest of them. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cute. This is an animated film. What do you think of the production quality of the animation? Um, I think it's good. It's like the same normal characters. They look exactly the same. And everything just looks like very like, it's not like natural because it's animation, but it all looks very nice. Cool. So uh, what do you believe is the message of this film? Um, the message is teamwork and um, family and love. Um, and like, even though you're far away from each other, you can still love each other. Because Eddie and Crash, at the end of the movie, like they move, but Ellie still loves them and they visit sometimes. So it just shows that you can still love someone even if they're farther away. Sounds like a great message. What would you give this for a star rating? And what age do you recommend it for? And also, where can we watch it? I would give it a three out of five stars and recommend it for ages four to 13. You can watch Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Blues on Beal, Real Monsters, Ice Age, Buck Wild, Bite Me, and The Skies Everywhere. Right now we're switching over to review Bite Me with Ashlyn. Hi, Ashley. So could you give us a brief summary of this film? Yeah, sure, Avalon. So this is about a romantic comedy between an IRS agent um, and a real-life vampire, like a 21st century vampire. And they're trying to navigate through, you know, New York City, um, being lovers and try to see if, you know, their love for each other can expand um, into this modern world being such an odd couple. Um, so, yeah, they, they meet on some very serendipitous circumstances, um, meaning that uh, he was actually auditing her and... Um, and so they, they basically uh, were basically in a love-hate relationship for a while. But at the end, it is very, very happy ending, if I don't want to spoil anything. That sounds like a really nice plot. Mm-hmm. So this is a vampire romance type film. How do you feel about these two things being combined? Oh, my gosh. I am so obsessed with vampire 
anything vampire romance related doesn't matter what it is um i personally read the twilight series or at least half of it um watched all the movies twilight watched vampire diaries the originals legacies literally everything avalon um i've watched it or read it um so basically um i would say that it's just it's really it's just a really interesting take if i must say this sounds like a film that I would want to watch, and I haven't even read all those books and stuff. Oh, cool. So are there any parts of production, like light sets, that you feel went above and beyond expectations? Yeah. Um, for, um, I would say, not necessarily a mainstream film, like a film that is, um, you know, um, really in you know, those big movie theater titles, this even compared to, I would have to say, in my opinion, um, even bigger films such as like DC comic or Marvel films, like the cinematography was very, 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 very clear to the point where it's very IMAX-like. I was watching this on my computer, which usually has bad quality for um, videos and images. But it didn't matter because the quality of this film was so good that it was portrayed like I was actually living inside of of their romance comedy, which I thought was really cool. That would definitely make it more interesting to watch. Yeah. Do you have a favorite scene or character that you'd like to share? Yeah. um, My favorite character was played by Annie Golden, and she is... She's so hilarious. She plays the, um, if you've known the concept of Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, that's basically kind of how every form of rom-coms are kind of filmed and based off of. But um, there's this, Annie Golden plays this Christian woman who is um, stereotypically um, opposed to this vampire lifestyle. And of course, as it's a romantic comedy, she's just very hilarious throughout, just very odd and weird. And she's just really great to play the character. My favorite scene, um, there is a part where um, James, the uh, IRS IRS agent in this film goes to a vampire themed party and he just starts break dancing. And from the beginning of the film, we see him as odd or at least mundane and boring and so when he does that as the audience we're like oh my gosh he just broke dance in the middle of a party so those were my two favorite uh characters and scenes i really like break dancing personally so that definitely makes me more interested to see this movie than i already was (laughs) so what would you give this film for starring what age do you recommend it for and where can we watch it Sure. So I give this five out of five stars. It was really great. Um, I would recommend it to ages 13 to 18 plus adults. And you can watch it now on digital um, anywhere. (laughs) So, yeah. Let's take a break. I'm Avalon from Iowa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by the University of Hawaii's Kids First Film Festival. 
Looking for entertainment news from a kid's perspective? Tune into Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. The Kids First Film Critic Review, all the latest movies, TV shows, and digital media before they're released. Interview celebrities and share all that and more so you can make informed decisions about what you select to watch. Our reporters, ages 8 to 21, bring you a kid's perspective on media targeted for kids and families. Kids First Coming Attractions plays every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Avon from Iowa. And you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Blues on Beale, Veal Monsters, Ice Age Buck Wild, Bite Me, and The Sky is Everywhere. And next we'll be reviewing The Sky is Everywhere with Sammy. Could you give us just a brief summary of the plot of this film? So The Sky is Everywhere is about a girl named Lenny um, who is just suffering like the tragic loss of her sister. And her sister just died due to heart problems. And in her grief, she meets two boys. One being her sister's husband, who was who she was with when she was pregnant with his um, with his baby, and one being this new kid in town named Joe. And through her grief, she bonds with both of these boys. And it's the whole film is kind of a love triangle between these three people. That sounds like a very interesting film. It was. I loved it. Uh, were there any parts that had like a good like background music or just music in general that kind of backed up this type of story? This whole film is really surrounding music and magical realism, and those two coincide perfectly. Um, I feel like just the main character, Lenny, plays her clarinet and she goes to a music school. So whenever she plays her clarinet, beautiful music comes on and magical realism is represented on the screen. So one scene she was listening to music with one of the boys joe and the the flower garden she was in kind of came to life and and another scene she was playing her clarinet and there were music notes dancing on screen that's super cool i would love to go to a music school it was super cool just to watch like the whole uh, music school it was a big part of the film and i loved it how do you feel the cast did when acting out this drama romantic type film? I feel the cast had an amazing chemistry. Um, Pico Alexander, who played um, the sister's ex, or not ex, the sister's husband, had really great chemistry with Lenny. And I feel like they just did perfectly together. This whole cast goes great together. And the element of romance is really played well. That sounds uh, like a really good way to kind of get a movie going. It really was. (laughs) Uh, Do you have a favorite scene or a character that you would like to share? Um, One of my favorite scenes is, I was talking about it earlier, but when the Rose Garden came to life. I thought that that was really, really cool. Um, And it was just very colorful. And I feel like it represented um, maybe Lenny's kind of, starting to get over her grief and it represents her emotional journey throughout this movie 
So just, I guess that the music really helped her kind of cope with the grief. Yep. And the music and everything is just represented so well in this film. Honestly, they couldn't have done anything really better. So what do you believe the message of this film is? I believe the message of this film is giving yourself time to grieve can pay off. Um, This is represented when Lenny, our main character, was clinging to her sister's belongings and kind of lashing out at her aunt for trying to get rid of them. Um, And when she actually gave herself time to grieve and time to be happy and time to feel what she needed to feel to actually be happy again, um, that's when she was able to actually move on. And that's a really um, positive message in this film. Sounds like an amazing message. It was. I loved it. And uh, lastly, what is your star rating? What age do you recommend it for? And where can we watch this film? I give The the Skies Everywhere five out of five stars. I love it. Um, I would definitely recommend it for ages maybe 13 to 18 plus adults. It can be mature at times with some sexual content, but overall, it's really great. And you can watch The Skies Everywhere in select theaters and on Apple TV Plus starting February 11th. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Blues on Veal, Real Monsters, Ice Age Buckwild, Bite Me, and The Skies Everywhere. And right now we're switching over to Sammy's interview with Josephine Decker on The Skies Everywhere. Hi, I'm Samantha B. reporting for Kids First, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Josephine Decker, director of the new film The Sky is Everywhere, which releases in select theaters and on Apple TV Friday, February 11, 2022. Josephine Decker, Decker is a director and actress known for directing the films The Wast, Midley and Lovely, Shirley, and The Sky is Everywhere, which we're discussing today. Okay, so starting off, The Sky is everywhere uses magical realism to help tell Lenny's story. Where did you look for inspiration for those scenes? Oh, great question. You know, I, I'm really obsessed with the movie Amelie, um, which I saw back in, I think it came out in like 1999. And that's a movie by Jean-Pierre Jeunet that features a lot of very magical realist moments and animated moments and has a very specific style that has a wide lens often technique that we also use in our film. Um, and there's just a lot of energy in the film and as a whole, there's a lot of like quick movement. Um, and I, um, I love Babe. Babe is one of my favorite movies of all time. So um, that's, I, that's not, maybe that's not even related. I'm like, <laughs> but but I also found a lot of inspiration for um, those magical realist moments because I, I come from a dance and theater background and I really wanted the whole film to feel like Lenny could have made everything with her own two hands. I didn't want it to be like super intense CGI animation. I wanted it to feel like when you're in Lenny's imagination, she could have built that world. Um, so it was fun to kind of, in the, in the rose garden, instead of having roses like be CGI, have the roses become like real people dancing around them with wearing rose costumes. And um, so, yeah, so that was kind of the concept behind a lot of the, the style. I love the magical realism. I thought it was really, really cool. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Now, music, especially classical music, plays a big role in the film. How did you view the role of music helping tell the story? I am obsessed with classical music. I grew up playing classical music. I played piano really seriously when I was young. And I think I felt like 
you can say things with the piano that it's really that or with music in general that you maybe can't say with words. I mean, I think that's why we're all obsessed with music, right? It speaks so loudly and clearly, even though it's also like very mysterious. Um, so to have the opportunity to tell a story about two young people who are like obsessed with classical music was just such a gift. Um, so yeah, so I think that was like a big, that was kind of uh, the first inspiration. And then I got to work with a terrific composer, Caroline Shaw, who um, she's one of my favorite composers of today. She's kind of what we call like new music, which is kind of classical music of now, I guess you could say it's sort of instrumental, very brilliant, complex music. And uh, she did all of the score for the film. So we had a lot of fun translating then all of the like balancing all of that classical music that's already in the film with a score that would have touches, uh, influences from all that as well. Ooh. <sighs> the music in the film was really pretty. Oh, good. What was it like to work with the book's author, Jandy Nelson, on translating the book to screen? Oh, yeah. Have you read the book? I've started it. Oh, yeah. No worries. No pressure. I was just curious. I, it's, you know... <laughs> she, she had actually already turned it into a script. When I got on board, I read the script first and then I read the book and I was so obsessed with the script. It just felt like a whole rich world. There was like a really unusual family. There's this sister story at the center of it. And I'm really close with my sister, adore her. And also was like always terrified of losing her. So I really understood, you know, I, I, well, I mean, you can never understand what it's like to lose someone until you go through it. But I really was like feeling the terror that Lenny and the terror and grief and just um, of going through losing somebody that you're that close to. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think with the book, you know, we, it's interesting because the, the um, it was the question, why did you want to make the movie or what from the book? I've heard so many questions today. I'm getting confused. Did you say, what was the question again? Um, what, how was it working with the book to make the movie? Oh yeah. So honestly, so since the script was already in existence, when I got to it, I, and I was already in love with the script. I actually mostly just read the book and was like, oh, I love this line that you said, Jandy, can we put this line somewhere in the movie? And I love this poem that you wrote, Jandy, can we put this poem somewhere in the movie? I just like, <laughs> the script was already kind of long. And I was like, can we make it longer and put more of your amazing book into this movie? And, um, and we did, we added a few things, which was fun. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for talking with me. This was really fun. I love Thank you, Sam. Oh, I'm so glad. That makes me so happy. I'm grateful. And thanks for, thanks for featuring us. I really appreciate you writing and, and, uh, and videotaping with us. Yeah. Thank you for talking with me, Josephine Decker. The Sky is Everywhere releases in select theaters and on Apple TV Friday, February 11, 2022. Let's take a break. I'm Avalon from Iowa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by University of Hawaii's Kids First Film Festival. For teens, by teens, and about teens, tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com and check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off 
Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hi, welcome back. I'm your host, Avalon from Iowa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Blues on Veal, Veal Monsters, Ice Age Buck Wild, Bite Me, and The Sky is Everywhere. Next, we'll be listening to Ashlyn's review with, Ni- with Naomi Grossman on Bite Me. Hi, I'm Ashley Clyde reporting for Kids First, and joining us today is Emmy-nominated actress Naomi Grossman. Naomi Grossman is known for her role in American Horror Story, playing their first-ever crossover character, Pepper. Now she plays Chrissy in the new digitally released film, Bite Me, which we are discussing today. Welcome to the show, Ms. Grossman. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right, so you are known for roles in many horror-based productions, um, including, but not limited to, Apartment 1BR, Sky Sharks. So what draws you to this particular genre? Uh, it's not so much that I am drawn to it, rather it found me. And, uh, you know, you don't bite the hand that feeds you, uh, to <laughs> use a little vampire humor. Uh, so... Yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an actor at the end of the day, and and, and we just want to work. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, the fact is, I think I, I came from a background in comedy. And, you know, I really had my blinders on for a very long time. I was I was all about comedy. Uh, I just figured this business is so hard, you got to find your niche, you know, get a gimmick, and just do that. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact is, I, I really I was neglecting a, a whole world out there, just of, you know, genres all over the place that I just didn't, uh, I wasn't really, they weren't on my zeitgeist. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, while I might have been focused on, on comedy, I was really all about doing big characters. And so, yeah, when this audition for American Horror Story came around, I was perfectly suited. I had been, I'd done my homework. I was, you know, I was already doing that anyway. It was just in a different, different genre. So, uh, it, you know, once they cast me, it was just a matter of sort of dialing that back, you know, cause let's mm-hmm. face it the same, when you slip on a banana pail, if you're, <laughs> you know, if you're Laurel and Hardy, it's hilarious. If, if you die, it's not <laughs> right. So the same, the same act can be comedic or dramatic, depending on how you, you know, uh, calibrate it. So it was just a really a matter of me sort of dialing it down for, for, yeah. for drama, for horror. Interesting. All right. And, you know, your character, Chrissy, is really unique and hilarious in this film. So upon seeing the script in your character description, how did you know um, how to portray your character to the audience and to us? Well, that was very easy. Um, Naomi McDougal Jones, who <laughs> wrote and uh, started in the film, actually wrote this with me in mind. So, uh, you know, when she presented it to me, obviously that was, you know, huge shoes to fill. Like if I can't pull off Naomi Grossman, then who can? But um, uh, yeah, I mean, there was no question that I could do it because, you know, it was written for me. It was just a matter of if I could live up to her expectations of whatever, you know, Naomi Grossman meant to her. Um, but, you know, I see a lot of myself in Chrissy. Um, so in that regard, I think it's probably closer to me than any role, I've, any other role I've ever played. Yeah, that's interesting. And um, now that you've mentioned that, I'm really interested to know, um, about your perspective on the vampire culture, because this is based on 
real life vampires who use blood as a means for medicinal use. So what's your what's your take on vampire culture? Well, I didn't know this existed before this movie. Um, and, you know, I buy it. I, I mean, I am not one of them. Um, <laughs> but I do believe that we all derive our energy from different different places in different ways. Um, I know having just, you know, been through this pandemic, I get my energy from other people. So like I am feeding right now, you know, (laughs) there were 18 months where I was going very, very uh, malnourished. And so, you know, now that we're starting to get out there a little more, I'm, I'm in a much better place. So yes, I, I, I believe them when they say like they get their their energy from blood. Yeah. I get my energy from you. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know, different shakes, different strokes, different folks. Uh, I think <laughs> at this time, especially we're starting to realize like, you know, there are so many, uh, this spectrum of, of that is humanity is so vast, mm-hmm. you know, there's, heterosexuals there's homosexuals there's pansexuals there's sapiosexuals there there's every you know every in between like so why wouldn't the person get their energy from blood like yeah why not like anything goes at this at this juncture I think yeah and and I agree with that and just your responses I really see Chrissy in you right now I love it you are listening to kids first coming attractions today we're talking about lose on Beal. Bio Monsters, Ice Age, Buck Wild, Bite Me, and The Skies Everywhere. And right now, we'll be continuing Ash's interview with Naomi Grossman on Bite Me. Um, you know, you mentioned Naomi McDougal-Jones, um, as, and, you know, there's a, other stars as well, such as Christian Coulson, who plays the other co-star. So what is a funny or hilarious or just fun moment on set that you can share with us? Um, you know, the, uh, the picnic we shot in Central Park, mm-hmm. that was my very first day on set. Um, wow. It was also happened to be the day of the solar eclipse. Uh, so it was a pretty auspicious day to be shooting a vampire movie, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, I was one of I was like one of the only transplants. Everyone else was local New York and they'd flown me in from L.A. to do the role. So. Uh, uh, you know, it was, it was, a it was intimidating because all yeah. of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm barely wearing anything, uh, <laughs> kicking over coolers, like standing on boxes, you know, monologuing with fangs in, uh, mm-hmm. and all the while, like these New York actors are, mm-hmm. I, I mean, acting to the back row. I mean, <laughs> there were moments where I just like looked around and I watched, you know, the Christians and vampires feud. <laughs> and like half the time the, the cameras weren't even on them and they were just like giving it their all. And I just, I love that, you know, as a, as a theater actor myself, I, I appreciate that. And I was very much in my element. It was a perfect way to sort of initiate me into this uh, house of twilight. Interesting. And I love that you mentioned that that was your first day on set because that's actually quite close to the end of the film. Well, that's very common, you know, and, and one of the things that I don't love about film and television acting is that, you know, half the time you're on the, you know, you're shooting the scene on the witness stand before you've even committed the murder. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> 
I mean, I know in American Horror Story when Sister Mary Eunice said, oh, she drowned her baby, cut, cut, you know, cut his ears off or whatever it was. <laughs> I didn't even know. It was two years went by before I even knew that whole backstory. So I just, oh. you know, it was up to me to kind of make this like vague sort of look like maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Um, <laughs> because, you know, the fact is I didn't really know. Um, I mean, that's, it's very common. It's common to shoot the last scene first and the first scene last and totally out of order. I mean, that is one of the things I love about live theater is that you're getting to experience that character's journey from beginning to end, you know, the full arc every night, um, as opposed to like, turn it on, turn it off. Like, okay, cut now, <laughs> now cry. Why? Cause you <laughs> Your dad just died. Oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> That's so, okay. Thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of audiences really um, believe that you guys shoot chronologically or in the sequence of the script and the plot. No, you know, it's funny. I, I mean, it has nothing to do with Bite Me, but I recently <laughs> went to a um, Q&A with uh, Bradley Cooper and um, Guillermo del Toro for uh, Nightmare Alley. And wow. they mentioned that the, the, the female protagonist with Bradley Cooper, actually from the, when she walks into the phone booth, mm-hmm. you know, three quarters of the way through, and then uh, walks out, she's had a baby. So the actress was pregnant when she walked in, but by the time they got around because of COVID, they had to, you know, postpone shooting. Mm-hmm. By the time she walked out, she had the baby. So <laughs> it happens, it happens all the time. Well, my last question for you is, what's the message that you think the audiences will take away from Bite Me? Well, Bite Me is a really sweet rom-com. Um, I mean, it's a love story bet- between two very unlikely sorts. Let's, let's face it, that, it happens, you know? Uh, it's a, a, a vampire and a, the IRS agent that audits her. <laughs> I mean, can you find an otter couple? I don't think so. Um, so I think for me as a single person, this Valentine's day, I'd like to think that, you know, love comes in all shapes and sizes and it bites you when you least expect it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, who knows, maybe I'll find love this April 15th come tax day. I don't know. <laughs> I have been audited twice. No one nearly as cute as Christian Colson, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Naomi. Thank you so much for this interview. Of course. Thank you so much. And good luck. Thank you. Well, Bite Me is available digitally now. So take a look. I'm Ashley Clyde, reporting for Kids First. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First film critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media from Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by the University of Hawaii's Kids First Film Festival. I'm Avalon from Ira, reporting for Kids First. Goodbye. (laughs) 
Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode and tune in again next week.